Welcome to Fast Casual Nation, a podcast that gets with thought leaders, talks technology, and brings you industry insights. I'm your host, Lisa Pepe, and today we have Flynn Decker, CEO of Bonshawn. Welcome to the show, Flynn. Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here. Um, so there's a lot to get into. I'm pretty excited about uh, having this conversation with you today because I think it's super interesting. Could you give us a little bit of background on yourself first off, but then I want to take a little dive into Bonshawn because I think it's super incredible. Um, it's one of the first stories I've heard where the start was not in the U.S. Yeah, I think that 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 makes us uh, unique and special. So the yeah. the background of Bonshawn is going to be more interesting than I am, but uh, I'll give you the uh, the brief synopsis. Um, I've been with Bonshawn since the beginning of 2019, um, when a private equity group called BIG Partners came in and bought majority interest okay. from the founder, who is Jin Duck Saw, um, and uh, he's still an important part of the business. Um, before that, I was the chief marketing officer for Wingstop. Um, beginning in 2014, and most of my career, um, I really started. I started in restaurants, and then I moved to retail, um, and spent several years in retail with uh, companies whose names are now defunct: Blockbuster and uh, Kinkos. Uh, <laughs> blast from the past. We, yeah, right. So, um, and then I moved back in. I moved over into restaurants, and and have been doing that ever since. Along the way, I owned my own restaurant, and. Uh, um, and have worked both casual, fast casual, um, has been kind of my bread and butter, no pun intended. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then Bonchon, the more interesting piece here, uh, Bonchon started in 2002 in Busan, South Korea, which is where Jin Duk Saw, our founder, is from, okay. um, which also lends itself uh, to our name, which is Bonchon, meaning my hometown, which is literally where he started it. Um, we still have our global kitchen in Busan, South Korea, which is where we made or make our sauces for all of our international markets. And then I'll talk later maybe about um, what we've done in the U.S. Uh, but the brand came to the U.S. in 2006. Uh, Fort Lee, New Jersey was the first location. Okay. And I like to say it grew organically. Um, Mr. Saw uh, didn't live in the United States. He didn't speak English. Um, and yet somehow created this um, very um, big growing brand across multiple countries um, and in the U.S. So it, it's kind of grown on wow. its own, not on its own, but without him being right here managing it in the U.S. So we continue to grow around the world um, and in okay. the U.S. Um, and so we're at about 120 units now in the U.S. Wow. Uh, Another 280 worldwide, so we're 400 restaurants uh, as of today. Wow! And in the U.S., um, where are are, are you uh, located? In the southeast, northwest? Give us an idea about where we can find some of these locations. Sure, we're primarily um, on the east and west coast. Um, the brand okay. initially planted its flag uh, in areas that had high Asian density or population. Um, which right, makes right. sense based on where it came from and who the founder was. Um, but what sure. we've been really focused on since is building brand awareness, um, and proving okay. that the brand's got portability in markets like Minnesota and Michigan right. and Colorado. So we've been kind of moving more towards the center of the country over the last few years. 
Okay, that's cool. So um, it's a cool story. I haven't heard that very often where you start in uh, another country like South Korea, and then all of a sudden you launch in the US and you have this incredible longevity. So that says a lot about the brand. Um, you know, I'm curious, what would you say the mission or vision of the brand is, Flynn? Yeah, the, our, our mission, um, you know, quite simply is to spread the joy of Korean comfort food around the world. And we really focus on our core product, which is Korean fried right. chicken. Um, and you're right. Okay. There aren't a lot of brands that started outside the U.S. Yeah. and have been successful inside the U.S. And I, I remind my team of this every day, which is we're really doing something um, that not many have been successful in doing. And, and hopefully that that motivates them, because as we have more success, um, I think right. uh, everybody on my team is extremely proud of that. Um, and it, and we hope that, you know, we continue that momentum as we continue to open more restaurants every year and um, continue to sort of carve our space out, if you will, mm -hmm. um, you know, amongst a U.S. audience as we continue to grow internationally at the same time and open right, more right. stores in more countries. So coming into the brand, what was your, I guess, what was your expectation? Um, you know, what were your plans as CEO? Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the things that you absolutely want to achieve uh, when, when you came and became a part of the brand? Yeah, well, what I didn't expect was a pandemic that lasted. Well, I guess it's still <laughs> lasting, right? We're not all the way yeah. through it, but um, it's been a it's been a series of uh, of challenges. But um, what right. I expected when I came in was that we were going to put in place uh, the tools, the systems and the processes for this brand to really thrive. Sure. When I I use the term organic a lot because the brand grew right. organically. It was, oh, you like the brand. You've got enough money to invest. Come on in and open a restaurant. Um, and then okay. that's why it ended up kind of in the places that it did without a lot of rhyme or reason in terms of the geography um, other than high density Asian population. So so my goal was put in uh, the systems that can make the, the brand and the team and our most importantly, our franchise partners successful. So supply sure. chain, technology, um, just operations mentality, making sure we're taking care of the guest, um, we're guest focused. So those are all the things that I was focused on bringing to bear once I got here. So I, I don't know if you said something. So out of all the locations that you have, do you have corporate locations and franchise locations? We do. In fact, we so we have five company locations currently. Okay. Um, three are fast casual model. And two are traditional right. casual dining model. So oh, okay. we try and put our money where our mouth is. And we invest and build restaurants, different formats to prove the concept works before we go. And we, you know, uh, partner with a franchise partner and they build one. So um, so we currently have uh, five that we operate, continue to tinker with, and we'll probably open two to three per year. Um, and just test out different formats, different menu items, those sort, sorts of okay. things. Okay. So I guess, um, you know, what what are the goals for Bonshan, you know, moving forward and hopefully um, being at the tail end of what was a, a maybe horrific last few years? Um, what's, what's the growth strategy? Where do you see the brand? What are the hopes for the next two to five to 10 years? Yeah, great question. So we actually were um, uh, lucky, blessed, however you want to put it. Um, we invested in the right things prior to the pandemic. So we took a traditionally casual dining brand, 
um, which, you know, uh, a lot of the casual dining brands struggled. We right. took it, turned it into a delivery and carryout beast. Um, so we thrived okay. during the pandemic. Our goal for the next three years, let's say, we want to breach 200 units in the U.S. Or we want to open up new countries internationally. Right. In fact, we're about to open up France this month. Um, and then we have a couple more that we're working on. So we want to continue wow. to expand our footprint internationally, um, but certainly start to saturate the U.S. more and really own the lane that I think we can own, which is this really unique um, uh, culinary offering in Korean fried chicken built on a base that Americans are comfortable with, right? Fried chicken. It's kind of a state. Right. Well, there's two things there. First, I was like thinking to myself, um, it's really unusual to talk to a brand that is not only um, having such success, uh, you know, everywhere in the world, but building on both sides of building U.S. and building internationally. But it seems like you consistently consistently are growing um both of those we are it's it's been a little bit of uh push and pull give and take i guess during okay. the last few years with the challenges of the pandemic every single country <laughs> reacted differently i mean we had countries right. where they just shut everything down no one was allowed out of their homes right and then uh, then the yes. challenges we all know that we faced in the u.s but um, so we've been focused on sort of, well, how do we balance that growth then? Okay, we can't grow as much over here, so let's focus, step on the gas. The Where we can, right. So, Smart. Um, so, but what we're seeing now is that every country is back into growth mode, which is, which is good. So okay. now we're kind of growing evenly. The nice thing for me is that uh, my chief financial officer is based in Seoul, South Korea. So he runs okay. air coverage most days on international and really supports the international markets, leaving me to hopefully focus most of my attention on the U.S., where we think the most right. fertile growth will come over the next few years. Sure, sure. And I didn't ask you in the beginning, but for those who, who are not familiar with Bonshan, can you just describe a little bit about the um, cuisine, what they can expect when they go into one of the fast casual stores? Yeah, absolutely. So the core product is Korean fried chicken. So, um, you okay. know, when uh, if you'd, Yum. <laughs> yeah, if you'd asked me five or 10 years ago, well, what's what's Korean food? I probably couldn't have answered that very clearly. Um so we really focus on Korean fried chicken. We also have Pan-Asian, right. so other sort of um, entree items from um, Korea and sort of the, uh, the Asian um, world. Um, but at the end of the day, we focus on what came from the U.S., which was fried chicken, came over during the Korean War. They put their spin on it. And now we're bringing it back, I think, in a unique Bring different way. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's something that it's a comfort food that everybody's comfortable with. And now it's really up to us to help people understand sort of the the, the joys of Korean fried chicken, which is which is based. I'm sorry. It's um, uh, we bread it. We double fry it. So it's got this really nice crunch, not a fall apart crunch, the savory crunch that keeps all the meat inside really tender. And then we baste right. every piece of chicken by hand with our signature sauces. So it's really unique, differentiated, but it's built on a base that I think, you know, Americans are certainly comfortable with. 
Well, it sounds delicious, and, and I'm, I'm one just on your description. So um, I have to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, everybody has ideal partners. Everybody looks for something different in a franchisee. I guess, Flynn, what, if you're looking for a partner or an operator, what is it that you look for as a company? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Lisa. I think that we really focus on uh, people that have a customer-first mindset, um, people that know how to take care of the customer, we can train them on the business aspect, but customer service right. is kind of a different thing, right? So operational efficiency um, and and just business acumen, a lot of that is teachable, right? But taking care of people um, and running the business the right way, those are really the things we kind of focus on now. So we're a little bit more selective than um, they were probably five or 10 years ago in terms of who we partner with. And I think that will continue to evolve as we get bigger and, you know, and we have franchisees that want to buy more restaurants or take over more restaurants. I think making sure we start the right way will lead to success down the road, right? I mean, it's it's interesting because especially in uh, the time period. So where I'm going with this is you're celebrating the 20th anniversary this year, if I'm correct. You are correct. All right. Well, that's congratulations are definitely in order for that. 20 years is a lot. Um, what I guess with that, what are some things that were true to the business 20 years ago that are still part of maybe your core or your culture today? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I think, you know, 20 years ago, um, Mr. Saw, who, who founded this, he started this business as a sauce business. So he was really oh. into sort of the laboratory of making like great sauces and he sold them outside of university uh, in Busan um, where he would base it on chicken and he would sell that. And then people started buying the sauce um, and and opening their own restaurants and putting it on there. And he thought, well, why why not cut out the middleman and why not do it myself? And that philosophy right. and that process really hasn't changed. The cooking process is the same. We make our own sauces um, and and we still baste the chicken the same way. So the the care um, in the kitchen and the culinary expertise, none of that has changed. I think the only thing that's really changed is that hopefully we've gotten a little bit more sophisticated in terms of how we think about the business, how we run the business, yeah. um, and how we want to grow the business. So it's really maybe just a different business strategy, but the, the core of the business remains the same, and it will. We want to lean back into the authenticity, right? We're, we're celebrating 20 years, and you know we're, we're blessed in the sense that um, we have this Korean wave of culture that is moving across the world, right? Whether it's Squid Game, the, you know, the biggest Netflix show, right. you know, a year ago, um, yeah. uh, a, a Korean film um, won the Oscar three years ago, yeah. you know, uh, the, the K-pop music, not my genre maybe, but I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, it's, it's for the younger generation, it, it's huge worldwide. So we really had this right. unique moment in time now that it's our 20th anniversary to lean back into that culture and to be the the food part of that, right? From TV and music and movies. Well, we're the we're the, we're the culinary piece of that. So if we do this right, <laughs> yeah, we should have twenty more years at least to to uh, celebrate. 
Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Um, and you're right. There are a lot of things uh, pushing in the favor and, you know, you ride it while you can it. And, you you know, everything is brand awareness, right? Or culture awareness. And uh, it helps when everything's heading towards uh, well, opening eyes to people who may not know the brand or the culture. Absolutely. I, I tell people this. I relate, you know, when you think about sort of international cuisine, I grew up in a very small right. town in the middle of nowhere. And uh, if you'd asked me, you know, uh, I won't date myself too much, but let's say 30 years ago, um, what Chinese food was, I wouldn't have been able to tell you because there wasn't such a thing where I grew up. Um, now, if I go back to my little hometown, there's two Chinese restaurants, right? So uh, right. Korean is the same way and we need to catch that wave and take advantage of this moment in time that we have. And that's really what we're focused on, which is we know we have this really amazing thing. I love this brand long before I came to it um, because I discovered it on a right. trip to New York. And so it's like, well, right. how do we harness that now and how do we bring that to more people? So you're right. Brand awareness is key. And it's also culinary awareness. And so the more we can sort of educate, I think the better. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, you said it, you've, you've been in the industry uh, for quite some time. So I want to ask your opinion. What do you think, uh, what's going to come? What can we see in 2023? What are some of the trends going to be? What's, what's, what, what's your vision? What do you see? Yeah, I think, look, everybody's embracing this idea of automation and robotics, right? But I'm not sure anybody's really harnessed it in a meaningful way. I think everybody, we mm. sort of start and stop, start and stop. But I think right. at some point we can't ignore the fact that we can't run this number of restaurants. There's not enough people to, um, to support that anymore. We have right. to find ways to simplify the process and literally just make people's lives easier. Like people that run restaurants, yeah. it's hard work. Um, you know, I've done it. Everybody I've worked with around here has done it. They've paid their dues, but maybe those dues should be a little bit easier to pay, if, if you know what I mean. So our goal is how do we simplify it? So the number one job in the restaurant is to take care of the person who comes through the door. Um, and so we're really focused on uh, making strategic investments in technology um, that will get us to that point. I also think based on the economy currently, everybody's got to be more focused on value, um, not necessarily okay. price because it, the, the consumer can't take much more. And we prob we're probably past the, the tipping point with them as it is with rising grocery prices, rising restaurant pro uh, prices. So everybody's got to focus on value and we've got to differentiate ourselves from the person next door. Um, and get out of that sea of sameness where everybody's trying to do the same thing in the market. So those who innovate in the coming year um, through this challenging economic time are going to be the ones that thrive. I mean, technology is always a, a hot topic on fast casual and, uh, you know, especially with the uh, labor shortage issues and what we're seeing and everybody, uh, you know, uh, it, from the top is just saying like, look, if we can find a way to um, uh, 
runs things smoother uh, with less back of house possibly. This way we can keep the front of house focused on what's the most important for our brand and that's the customers, the consumers. Let's focus that and find automation to help us out in the back. You know, I, I spoke to someone the other day and, and you know, she said what would be awesome is to have a automation so overnight everything's getting prepped. You don't need many anybody there. The next day they come in and they just serve and, and wait on wait on the team at the customers. So Let's see. I think we're heading that way. I think we have uh, ways to go, but it's going to be a very exciting ride in technology for hospitality. Yeah, I've seen some really interesting things, and, and none of them have been perfect yet, right? But they're getting awfully close um, to where with a little bit more evolution, I think we're there. We're, we're actually looking at a, a company in, in Korea that we're um, talking about investing in that um, that is a very interesting back-of-house um, robotics setup that can kind of take things from um, start to end uh, on the fryers, um, not just perform yeah. one task. There's another company we're talking about, um, perhaps making a strategic investment in the U.S. that that also um, has has a very different model, but has right. and it has can add one more step to that process. So we're really trying to invest in uh, forward thinking. Um, robotics, automation companies that if we can help boost them along and they can better serve sort of our specific need, then it's kind of a win-win for, for everybody. And then that technology honestly is going to be applicable to, you know, lots of other folks if we get it right. Uh, before I let you go, Flynn, I want to ask you if you could share your top three tips on growing your customer base. Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, I don't know that we, we haven't perfected any of this, so I won't be on my high horse, but these are all things that we're okay. focused on as a brand. Uh, menu innovation, right? We have to separate ourselves from the herd um, and uh, in order to thrive and survive out there. I think, as I mentioned, yeah. value versus price is going to be extremely important. The consumer's got to feel like they're getting a lot for their money. Um, and then last but not least, um, this is something obviously very fitting for our brand, but I think for any brand, it's unique positioning. How do you separate yourself? How do you separate your message? How do you separate your promotions? How do you separate your cuisine um, from everybody else so that you're not competing on an apples to apples level, um, that people are playing catch up to you versus you playing catch up to them? Those are the, the big things that we're going to be focused on going forward. Well, excellent. I really uh, want to thank you for your time. I'm excited to see what Bonchon does and, and, and the new openings that will have across the U.S. for sure and across the, uh, the world. Um, thank you again for stopping by Fast Casual Nation today. We really appreciate having you on the show, Flynn. Lisa, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate the conversation. I want to thank my guest, Flynn Decker, Bonchon CEO, for stopping by today. I also want to give a shout out to you guys listening over on the podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Give us a review. I'm your host, Lisa Pepe, and I will catch you next time on Fast Casual Nation.